0: If you would tonight, Psalm 89. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be too long. Every time I say that, it's about an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours. But uh, I don't think I'm going to be too long. But but it is a very important subject. And uh, camp is a place to go, you know, you can have fun in camp. You can do things in camp you normally couldn't do. And, uh, and I'm very thankful for Pastor McGovern, Marianne, and all, everybody that uh, here, been here for a lot of years. And you've been very faithful. And I'm glad to see all the new faces. A lot of people I don't know. A lot of people I haven't seen before. I'm very thankful for the radio ministry. And uh, you know, heaven will, we won't know until we get to the judgment seat of Christ what all happened because of that radio ministry. I mean, the preaching is going out all across America from this church. And uh, people aren't here and preaching anymore. Preachers do not want to stand up for what's right anymore. I mean, preachers are bending over backwards to make uh, escape avenues. Well, you know, if, if all of a sudden the church fills up with all these sodomites, and I've got to have a way to escape, and after all, they're people too, and they need the gospel, and they ought to just join in with us, and we'll just be one big happy family. And uh, men standing in pulpits across America, their backbones have turned to jelly, a lot of them. And I think that's all part of that great falling away. Uh, weak need, watered-down preaching will not get the job done. It will not accomplish God's will. But just straight preaching the truth uh, in love... Listen, if you love someone, you're not going to start lying to them. But they've got to know you love them, but they've got to hear truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth is the only thing that's going to set you free. And, uh, but I'm very thankful for the church, the ministry, the way it's going on. And, uh, and I'm honored to be here for the 40th anniversary of this camp. Uh, that's, uh, well, I get tired when I think about it. <laughs> but anyway... I want to talk to you tonight just for a few moments on the, the, the most important thing you have. Uh, other, other than your Bible. But the most important thing you have is called time. Time. Pastor McGovern talking about how, how close the rapture must be. I mean, we're, the world looks like the, as it was in the days of Noah today. The world looks like as it was in the days of Lot today. I mean, we're there. We're we're here. I mean, sodomy's growing. Our our, our government is, is promoting sodomites. It's promoting just all kinds of evil. And evil's good, and good's evil. And, and uh, just like God said, it's going to be in the last days. So we're running out of time. And when I went into ministry, I was, what, 30? 30-ish years old? And... Uh, I'm 76 now. And how in the world did I get here? Uh, but listen, I, I don't want to quit. I want to quit. I want to die preaching. Or die giving someone a gospel track. Or die helping some little old lady across the street. I want to die serving God if I'm going to die. I, I may go into rapture, but I may not. But if I don't go into rapture, I want to die doing something for God. Doing something with my life. I want my life to count. Now I don't have a lot of time left. Seventy-six, you know, a few few more years, I'll be a hundred. Twenty 24 years, I'll be a hundred years old. And uh I'm 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 still planning out what I'm gonna do on that one, but uh that'd be a big birthday, wouldn't it? hundred years old. <laughs> uh but now you'd be here anyway, so uh but Psalm 89 and verse 47 says, Remember how short my time is. Wherefore hast thou made all men in vain? What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? And then listen to what God said after that. Selah. Think on this. Think about it. You say, well, Brother Roach, you're, you're, you're six. You know, you'll be dead and gone for years before I ever get there. son. we don't know that. We don't know that. I was witnessing to a young native fellow from up on the slope and his wife about being saved on the plane. And, and he said, well, i got to do that. And I said, well, you can do that right now. And he said, I, no, I can't right now. And I said, why not? He pulled up a glass. He said, i got liquor in this glass. He just ordered it from the, the stewardess. And he said, I'm not going to ask God for anything. With a glass of liquor in my hands. He knew it was wrong. And they came on and said, we're starting our final descent into Anchorage. You can feel the plane do that little drop. And uh, I said, son, look, we're, we're heading into Anchorage. And we're going to cross a lot of mountains before we get to Anchorage. We have no guarantee that we're going to get to the end of the runway. None. But I said, if we slam into one of these mountains down here on the way down, if you accept Jesus before we hit... I guarantee you, that's going to be the greatest day of your life. I mean, and uh, anyway, and I just sit down. We started down f- between five to ten minutes in there somewhere. We heard this boom. I mean, outside the airplanes, down like a mortar round landed right outside. Somebody took a shot after an RPG and hit, and and and, and down. We're planes flying this way. I'm I'm sitting here looking at all these windows. The only thing you can see in every window on this side of the plane was fire. I looked back, I could see an engine, and I could see nothing but flames. I thought, like, yep, we're on fire. <laughs> and uh, then it went out. And I told Betty, I said, he's sitting back there right now praying and accepting Jesus. <laughs> We got to the airport. Nobody said a word. Well, the next day, I called Alaska Airlines and I told them what happened. I said, You know, what what was that? And they, they, made lady come back. And she said, That plane was grounded for a lightning strike. Lightning strikes in planes, and, and it's, I don't know, something takes it around the plane, but it won't get, they're pretty safe. But anyway, that boy, that native boy, when we got to the luggage, he came over. And he said, Thank you, preacher, for telling me about Jesus. He said, I wish you'd come to my village. Maybe we'd get my grandma in too. But uh, time. We're running out of time. The clock's running. I may go first. You may go. We don't know. That's all in God's hands. Paul said in 1 Corinthians seven twenty nine. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. The time is short. A few years ago, I was a little kid waiting on Santa Claus to come. Now I'm 76, still waiting on Santa Claus to come. the uh, <laughs> Psalm 90, verse 9 says, For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. You know, when it comes time for you to die, the preacher's not going to preach your funeral service. You've already preached it. I mean, you know, I could get up and say nice things about you, and somebody could say, Huh. You, you preach your funeral, and, uh, but we spend our days, our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, that's seventy. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, that's eighty, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. That's why verse twelve says, "So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom." Listen, we need wisdom to how to spend our time, how to spend. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? What are you doing with your life right now? Uh, Pastor McGovern was talking about Hebrews nine twenty seven this morning, and as it is appointed, as it is appointed unto men, once to die, but after this the judgment. That word appointed means a time or place decided on beforehand. Scheduled. It means it's prearranged. One of these days, you're going to go around a curve. It's going to be your last curve. One of these days, you're going to sit down to eat. It's going to be your last meal. One of these days, you're going to drive down to the grocery store, go to McDonald's or whatever. It's going to be your last trip. One of these days you may just go to bed. It's going to be your last time to go to bed. I've heard people say, what if I wake up dead? Well, if you're saved, that's a good thing. <laughs> you're with the Lord. You're not, you are not. Know, you believe on the Lord. You're not going to die. You're going to go to heaven. But uh, our time is short. James 4.13 says, for now... Go go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go to such a city uh, and and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you, all, you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor. I used to say, your life is just like a vapor. The lady was in the church, Mrs. Eads. She said, Brother Said the Bible says your life is a vapor. It's not like a vapor. What do you do? You just say, yes, ma'am, you're right. That's <laughs> what it says. Your life is a vapor. It is a vapor. Now, a vapor, uh, it's a substance diffused from or suspended in the air. Mist, spray, steam, smoke, fumes that appear for a little time vanish away. That's what our life is like. We don't know how many years we've gotten. Uh, Jim Farr, he's got a casket laying here somewhere. Brother Farr, I took him to the doctor, what, 20 years ago? And they told him, said, you got cancer. And anywhere in your body that cancer shows up, it'll be green. Brother Farr came out and said, Pastor Roach said, I look like a Martian. They put me through that machine. He said, bottom of my feet, top of my head, I'm just green. That's 20 years ago. Brother Farnell has his main prayer request is pray for my doctors. They lost my cancer. They can't find it. Uh, listen, you got an appointed time. So the big question is, if today is the day that God decides to take me, did I do all I could do in the time that he gave me? Have you done everything you can do in the time God has given you already? And more important than that, what about the time from here? You know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. You say, well, brother, I haven't been doing anything for the Lord. Today's the first day of the rest of your life. That doesn't have to stay that way. I've not been soul winning. I've not been passing out gospel tracts. I've not, I've not been a good neighbor. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Get busy. Get busy with your, your, your life, the rest of your life. Life, you know, life is so short. Our time is short on this earth, and the thing is, we are eternal beings. Listen, you're going to spend eternity somewhere. Uh, Deuteronomy 33 verse 27 says, "The eternal God is thy refuge." The eternal God. Now it says in Genesis 1:26, God said, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness." That being said, we are eternal beings. When you die, you say, I didn't accept Jesus, I died just like the pastor did. Yeah, but he was he he was saved, he went to heaven. You died, you're like the rich man in Luke 16. You want to die and go to hell. Now that's not God's will for your life. It's the will of the Father that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everybody to be saved. Christ died. For the whole world, the sins of the world, and uh, but it all hinges on what we do with God. first time I set foot in a Baptist church, the first sermon I ever heard was john ten twenty eight Jesus said, "And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, and uh, eternal life. I never heard that. Preacher said, you were born Stan Roach, you're going to die Stan Roach. Not because of what you do or don't do, because of your birth. January 24th, 1976, I was born again. And because of that, now I'm in God's family. I am God's child. And when I die, it doesn't depend on what I did with my life or what I didn't do, but on my birth. I'm in God's family. Now listen, I could change my name. I don't want to be Stan Roach anymore. I'm going to be John Doe. Well, I died and somebody happened to think John Doe. And somebody said, who who's John Doe? Oh, that's Stan Roach. He changed his name. You can't undo who you are. And when you get saved, you cannot get out of the family. Now, you may rebel against God and go to an early grave, but you can't, you're born again. You don't get born again and born again and born again and... I've had people tell me, you know, about the 15th, 20th time I got saved, I did thus and so. I said, how many times was you born? Oh, I was only born once. Any fool knows that. <laughs> Read John chapter 3 and uh, make you make you wise. But there's a time. Listen, God's got a time for everything. And we need to find God's calling on our life when we all have something that God wants us to do. Ecclesiastes 3 says, To everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, a time to lose, time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, a time to speak, there's a time to love, and a time to hate. A time of war, and a time of peace. Listen, we are eternal beings. And there's time for everything. And everything is beautiful in God's time. I think it's a beautiful thing when an 80-year-old lady can come to a 47-year-old camp... And hear that Jesus loves me, Jesus died for me, and I can go to heaven if I want to, and I want to. I never heard that. I talked to an old preacher, a Methodist preacher, 85 years old. Had pastored Methodist churches uh, for 55 years. Maybe Roger ran into him somewhere. Roger, Roger's a Methodist back here. Uh, pastored Methodist churches 55 years. Eighty-five years old, and he was dying. And anyway, he got saved. I, I, and I, I didn't doubt it. I just, I went in to see him, and he had, he had that jaundice, a yellow jaundice. Or, but anyway, he was like, his snow-white hair, silver hair, and, and they had the room dark, and he was a gold, just a glowing gold uh, because of his illness. And I mean, you could almost see a halo over his head. He's 85, and I thought, if he got saved when he was 10, he has been saved for 75 years. And I said, how old were you when you got saved? He said, I've always been saved. I said, no, sir, I mean, when did you accept Christ? He said, you mean, when was I called to preach? I said, no, sir, I mean, when did you understand you had a sin problem, and you accepted Christ knowing he's my only hope? You believed the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You invited him in. He said... I don't know. I went back to the preacher and I said, Brother Corns, I said, if that old man dies according to what he told me, he's going to go to hell. Ken went over and he said, Hey, hey, he said, when did you get saved? This preacher's dad was a, a preacher. His the mom was a Christian. Grew up in church, in this Methodist church. And, uh, He said, I never really thought about me needing a Savior. He said, I knew Jesus was the Savior of the world, but I never thought about me needing a Savior. And that old man got saved. Listen, we're running out of time. We are running, running out of time. Our time is short. Our time is coming to an end. The question is, what are you doing with your life? Are we serving Jesus? Are we living for Him? Better yet, does He live through us? You know, the Lord wants us to live for Him, but He wants to live through us. I mean, He wants to be part of our, our walk, our talk, our eyes. Our, you know, is He part of the songs that you sing? Does Christ have anything? He want, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And to go around with a frown on your face and you can't, you know. Uh, now, I used to be a gambler, and gamblers can't go around smiling. I mean, you pick up your card, oh, you don't do that. You might say, oh, man, when you got four aces or five or six or however many you got, however many comes in your deck. But what are we doing with our life? If today is the day that you decide to take me, did I do all I could do in the time that you gave me? That's the big question. Big question. Uh, next, well, this week, we're, we're having family camp. A week from tomorrow, uh, we fly back to uh, Pittsburgh, go on to West Virginia, and uh, We get back Monday evening. Tuesday, we'll clean the truck, the vet, the Mustang, clean it all up, load it. And then Wednesday, we will leave for Syracuse, New York. They're having the Syracuse National Car Show. Last year, they had 8,000 cars in this show. A big car show is 300 cars. That's a big big car show. 8,000 in this one. 93,000 people came last year to see these vehicles. The Buckley Road Baptist Church uh, is, th- that's who we're, we're working this through, the Buckley Road Baptist Church. They have purchased 20,000 of our gospel tracts, 7,500 of the tracts that they bought are message from Levi. Uh Levi Levi what? Levi and little Haley were were killed in a car wreck here a few years ago. But anyway, Levi go soul winning with me. Levi was only four years old. And he would come up and he always knew he always knew where'd that cross go? Over here. I know I saw it here somewhere. Uh, he went, he called that the bleed cross. And he always wanted to go tell the bad people about the bleed cross. Now he's four years old. Four. And uh, little Haley was five months, but he's four years old. And he wanted to tell everyone, all these bad people, about the bleed cross. And whenever he'd hand someone a gospel track, he, he, he was always like this to give it to him, Ready to run. But he was giving it to these big soldiers out on Elmendorf at air show. And uh, Levi was writing his track. Message from Levi. Now, I, I helped him write it. But this, this Levi wrote the track. And he wrote the, the last, July 22, 2011, was his last chapter. And his life was done. But Levi still lives. He still lives. And people are still being saved because of that little boy's life. Now, it was a tragedy, worst phone call I've ever got, uh, but because of the death of Levi and Haley, people are being saved. The church, Buckley Road Baptist Church, ordered 7,500 Levi tracks to be given out in New York. If we don't give them all out that car show, they're, going to be getting, they're still going to be scattered all over the state of New York. Listen, what kind, of, what kind of chapters are you writing about your life? What will your footprints say that people look back at your life and where you went and what you did and how you spent your time and how, you know, what you spent your money on and whatever? Uh, what's your footprints going to say? Like I say we all write our own story. It's very important. We are running out of time. You, got very, you, got, you, got, you may have a lot more, less time than what I've got. I'm 76 and maybe you're seven. Well, a seven-year-old is going to live a lot longer than a 76-year-old. The first girl buried in her camp was 11. She's 11 years old. Uh, you don't have to be 76 to die. You don't have to be 80 or 90 to die. You just got to come to that appointed time. Now, I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. So I have made up my mind, I am going to serve the Lord till I die. When I come to that time, if if today I say the last amen, and that's my time, And I drop dead. Praise the Lord. That's what I want. I want to drop. I don't want to shop till I drop. I want to serve the Lord till I drop. Uh, And listen, God can use your life if you just give it to him. Maybe tonight you don't even know for sure whenever you do die. And you will die unless the rapture happens. And if you're not saved in, you're going to miss it. Uh, If you're not saved, you need to get settled tonight. And if you are saved, you need to understand you are running out of time. The clock's ticking. And somewhere along the way, it's going to come to that last, final moment, and boom. Time stops. Time stops, you can't breathe no more. Time stops, and all of a sudden, you realize, I'm in bad trouble. Time stops and maybe you're thinking, now i got to get saved now before I die. You're dying, right? You, you, You can't go back. You don't get any more time. That's why you take care of this now. Today, this moment, this is the day, the time of salvation. And Christian, give it all to God. This world, there's nothing here worth hanging on to. Give it all to Jesus. Father, I pray you'd bless me.